Hey, what's up? This is Bryce Avery of The Rocket Summer, and you're listening to Sound Sessions. Feel like you're shattering everything But you don't know how it's happening Well, good. Yeah, I like when um, the interviewees are very relaxed and, and, and at peace with the world before the interviews. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I learned that a long time ago. It's like generally... Um, I can be a little like neurotic and bouncing off the walls and stuff. So mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes I kind of like to just like go lay down on the couch <laughs> when I do an interview so I can just really be in it. You know what I mean? So, cool. No, that's, that's, that's good. It's very right Zen. Yeah. Very Zen. Um, so Hey, just a uh, quick question. How do I pronounce your last name? Cause I've been saying it different ways for years. It's just Avery. Um, I don't really know how, uh, it, it, happened that it was A-V-A-R-Y. It sort of followed me, you know, around my whole life. And, um, but, uh, yeah, it's just Avery. So. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. That's, that makes it really easy on me then. Avari or, yeah. Yeah. And the thing was in, in, when I would listen to your albums back in the day, uh, everyone would try to correct me and say, I'm like, I think it's Avery. And they're like, no, it's, it's Avery. Avery, or they were like change, try to make it like more like uh, like French and put a little zing on it. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I think I think I'm right. Well, the other thing that's well, the other thing that's kind of funny about that. Um, I, I sort of my name in general has a bit of a convoluted like uh, backstory. You know, my last name is spelled differently, um, and my mom, I love her very much, but uh, she she named her kids by their middle names. So like. I've, uh, since, you know, the second I took my first breath, I've been Bryce, but my name on paper is actually Stephen Bryce Avery or Stefan Bryce Avery. And so like, um, every, so so I'm always, I'm always, I'm always like a Stefan Avery for part of my life, like on paper, if I'm ever like filling stuff out, Mm -hmm. um, or people have, uh, looked online and, and asked me if like, um, like my dad writes my songs and his name must be Stefan. Like, and I don't know. So, I don't, but so yeah, my whole, my name, man. So I, sometimes I just like yearn for like a, like a fight club kind of a resetting of, of all things and just getting a new name and like <laughs> starting, starting afresh just to be like, I am this and there's no, convoluted nature behind it no that's that is so interesting that's so interesting so is, by the way we're, we're in the interview now by the way i think uh, that okay, stuff is too cool. good to, to cut out is that kind of why you went with the rocket summer moniker for so many for so many years well i was i was really young when 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 it all started um which which at this point is kind of like really a bit of a mind screw um because uh I mean, I was, I was like a child. Um, I had, I hadn't even, I hadn't even touched a guitar or an instrument. And, um, I started like, I picked up a guitar, like, I think I was, I was 12 and a half, you know, when you say and a half, <laughs> that tells you how young you are. Um, and, uh, and when I was 16, I put out the first Rocket Summer album. So, Jeez which, you know, so it was only a couple of years and I, and then I played everything on it. And, um, and so for me, it's this, sometimes it's a, sometimes it's, it's weird to look back. Cause I just feel, I feel like I'm like, I'm entering into this phase where I'm like, actually like in a weird way, like things are finally beginning. Um, I feel like musically, uh, it, I'm just in a totally different spot in a way where, I write every day and it's, um, I don't know. I just feel like the future is really bright. And so sometimes it's this really bizarre thing to have to go back to discuss like, well, I was in algebra (laughs) when I named the rocket summer. You know what I mean? Like I literally was in algebra class and at this time, this was so long ago, uh, believe it or not, this is actually like before, like there was kind of, uh, uh, you know, now it's like very normal that there are people that just kind of go under monikers or whatever. But at that time, the only people I knew that did that was Nine Inch Nails and, um, 
I knew that I knew Dave Grohl's first record was uh, the Foo Fighters, you mm-hmm. know, at mm-hmm. that time. And there was this guy from where I was from in Denton uh, named Will Johnson who had a project called Central Matic, and he played everything on the first record. And I just thought it was cooler. I just thought, um, as a 16 year old kid, I was like, I I don't want to be like Bryce Avery, you know. What I mean, I just I like the idea of naming something and it being a thing that's bigger than me and and. Uh, and, you know, at that time, I was like, you know, I was just thinking maybe some people might actually wear a shirt that had a band name on it. Nobody's going to walk around like my school wearing a shirt with my name on it. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good point. Like it's like, are actual... you, are you Price? Uh, no, no, no. Those it's are... a band I like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I wanted it to be not about me uh, so much. And so I named it, um, there was a book called The Martian Chronicles that, um, that had a chapter in it called Rocket Summer. And uh, I was just looking at it. And I mean, it's just one of those really, really quick decisions. And I thought the Rocket Summer is a cool name for, for like a band. So I had actually made that, this EP. And I just, I just instead at the last minute threw the Rocket Summer name on it um, instead of my name. And um, it's, it's just crazy. Like looking back, like how, how far that's kind of followed me, but I think it's um, it's a total blessing that I'm I'm sitting here talking to you like Chicago radio all these years later. But you know, it's at the beginning of a new thing is what I feel. So. Yeah. Did you ever think that it was going to stick with you forever? Because often you mentioned Dave Grohl. He talks about how the Foo Fighters name was kind of a joke, tongue in cheek kind of thing that he thought was just an interesting thing. And he thought, there's no way that this band is going to go more than a few months, maybe a year or so. And now he he thinks back and he goes, I probably should have named it something different. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm actually quite into the name. Um, Yeah. I think that they're... I, I guess I can, there was like a little surge at some point and, um, a lot of, there was like a lot of other bands that started like taking other bands. So, so now there's, I feel like there's kind of a lot of the something summer or the rocket, this or the summer. That. I can <laughs> so, think about like four or five off the top of my head. So sometimes, sometimes that I remember when that started happening, I, I was probably a little more like, Hey man, you know, in my head, but, um, I, man, I just I just go it's slow anymore. It's like you can't can't control a lot. But I, I love the name, the Rocket Summer, and um, I, I don't know. I just think it's it's obviously something that means something entirely different than it did when I was so young. Like with just dreams of playing a show, let alone like thousands at this point, um, with, that are so much more about the community and the spirit in the room. Uh, the Rocket Summer is absolutely this thing that's like it's hard to it's it's hard to define it's hard to describe but um, I don't know if you've ever been to one of our shows but I think I think if 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 the world knew it was like happening inside the room it would be like a really different narrative I feel like um, because uh, what's happening in, inside the room it's like everybody it's like this one collective pulse and um, there's just something tangible about it that, uh, that's something that I, I don't think I'd ever want to lose I yeah. mean, despite, despite whatever the future looks like. You know, I mean, I, I sometimes think like we're sitting here talking about the rocket summer name and how, where it came from all these years ago. And this is, and not talking about this new album. <laughs> and so sometimes I think about like, <laughs> At what point do I, I don't know, maybe, maybe at one point, at some point it'll look different. I don't know. But, um, cause you know, isn't it, isn't it a thing that's like the, the human body like sheds its skin like every mm-hmm. seven years or something. And, um, so I'm like a couple times removed. <laughs> <laughs> you got a few point. layers going I, on. It's, it's a hard, it's a hard, uh, sometimes it's hard to, to recognize, uh, that little guy sometimes, but I feel I feel grateful for all of it. And yeah, I just feel like I truly believe that it's the beginning. I really do. I know that sounds so like hokey and like Hallmark card vibe. No, not at all. It's the beginning for me, but like, I just really feel like the sweet shivers. I feel like Zoetic, it was kind of the beginning of something. And then sweet shivers is definitely, um, 
another thing. And I feel like who knows what's next. But for now, we're going to celebrate this record. Um, we take it on tour when it comes out in a couple months. And, of course, all the other things that have happened up until this point. Um, but, yeah, so... Yeah. Excited to take it to Chicago soon. We can't wait to have you. And and like just speaking upon that beautiful, beautiful story you just told about where the name came from and what it means to you, um, people who know the Rocket Summer, that that's just like a warm feeling you get now. It's like when I hear your songs or I've been listening to them since probably two thousand three when I first went out to college. Um when I was like wow. finishing high school and stuff and and I look back <laughs> and amazing. if you're if you're tied with the Rocket Summer name, I mean everyone knows Bryce Avery. Everyone knows that name. If 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 you know the name of the Rocket Summer, if you listen to uh music in two thousand three ish, you know, that with that time when you were when you first had gotten out, I mean you were the biggest thing in some people's lives and that must be such a great feeling that you transcend a name i mean it's not even a thing anymore because your music just it affects people you're talking about how you kind of create this vibe in your shows and you definitely do and i i would go and see you when you would come to chicago and and, and play these these songs but i wanted to talk more so about uh of, of course about sweet shivers which is an amazing amazing album out august 2nd uh you have pre-orders happening now you're coming to chicago on october 5th but you've been putting out music consistently for what, almost 20 years? I mean, how do you still find inspiration to write these songs and not only write these songs, songs that people really, you know, are affectionate towards? I mean, most of the, your, your music, a uh, little self-disclosure here, I definitely put on two or three mixtapes for girlfriends growing up. And uh, <laughs> and to, ha- to have that kind of effect on people's lives, I mean, people probably met over your music. I mean, how... How do you keep this kind of energy flowing? I mean, you seem like a really down-to-earth guy, but how do you keep this beautiful, beautiful music vibe going for all these years? Wow. Well, first of all, thanks. <laughs> you, really, really nice things you just said. More than um, welcome. That's amazing, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that uh, there's a lot of things that I don't, really understand, um, in life and about my life. And there's a lot of things that, um, just in day-to-day life that I recognize I am not very equipped or very good at, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I suppose the one thing at this point that I do know that, that I just, that, that, that frankly is who I am is music. And, um, it's something that really is a bit like, uh, it's become especially, and it's a bit of just like an oxygen kind of thing for me. Um, I write every day, um, when I can, at least, I mean, sometimes right now there's, there's a little less time, but, um, when, when I write, I feel like it's, it's like a, it's like a therapeutic process for me. And, um, and I suppose I need a lot of therapy. I guess. (laughs) And so I, uh, I write all the time and, um, I suppose that if you if you do that enough, at some point you're going to put out a record and you're going to put out another one and another one and it just keeps going, you know? And so um, I definitely never, ever viewed, ever, even, even in the earlier days when there was a little more of a, like a throw and go, just kind of like catch this wave and ride it as fast mm-hmm. as you can, kind of a spirit um, behind the scenes. I always knew that this was just going to, this wasn't like a thing that was just going to happen and, um, and, uh, that it was going to be a lifelong thing for me. And, uh, and I, just cause it's what I have to do. It really is until, until that's just, you know, cosmically decided that that's not happening anymore for me. Um, I don't think that, that, that I'll stop. And so I think that, um, in the process of doing it that way and just writing from such often like personal experience, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe that's why some people are into it. I mean, obviously there's, there's probably a ton of people listening to this right now that have no idea who I am, you know? And so, um, that's, uh, that's the beauty of kind of where we're at right now. I just feel like the possibilities are kind of always endless, um, yeah. until you're just, 
I don't know, so known, and I don't think I'd ever want that. So I I certainly don't want to have that kind of thing going on. So yeah, I well again, Sweet Shivers, a track listing of thirteen songs. Um, Where do you find your happy place? I guess for writing these songs, is it true that you went out to a cabin in rural Texas to kind of find and Mm -hmm. and recharge to find this inspiration? Do you need to separate yourself, or do you still find you know writing in your bedroom is the best place to be? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, with with Sweet Shivers, it was actually a really intentional decision because with Zoetic, I had, I had, so I'm from Texas, um, and I lived in Dallas-Fort Worth pretty much my whole life, and um, I'd go and record records in New York and L.A. and all that stuff, but I would almost always write them in bedrooms, um, in my house or apartment or whatever, and um, with Zoetic, I went out to LA to just write mm-hmm. that record. And, um, also just, I, I was kind of hitting this point where I was like, I just want to see what else is, could happen. Um, even outside of rocket summer, just writing and producing. And, um, so I came out to LA and, um, just really like, just really dove into the, to the aesthetic and the culture and, um, and I just, at that point, kind of allowed myself to go deeper into the sonic realm of of exploring and made this record, Zoetic, and made a ton of songs. And it was, like, really almost this, like, kind of bizarre industrial pop explosion of alt-rock something. <laughs> and uh, and I'm, you know, and I, and I really enjoyed it. But after that, I, I did feel the sense of... Uh, wanting to go back into the core of, uh, emotion, I suppose, yeah. of, um, there was a ton of emotion on Zodiac, but a little more like kick the door down screaming. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I was frankly just going through a lot of stuff in my life that, um, I just wanted to, to be at a, at a peaceful place. And, um, so yeah, I went to Texas, uh, and there was this cabin in this place called Sunset, Texas, which, uh, I moved into to start writing and I recorded the song, wrote and recorded the song called Gone Too Long and we put it out and went on tour. And, um, and I started writing this record out there and it was actually such a incredible experience because I was on 40 acres in the middle of nowhere. It was, it was a little bit like country bumpkin land, like everybody with a shotgun. I got a lot of weird looks and <laughs> it wasn't as cool as you'd think. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but in the social aspect, but, um, but, uh, but the space was really nice and, um, yeah, it was just cool. It was like, there was like scorpions all over the floor. And at first it was like really tripping me out, but then, uh, they just kind of become your friends and like, <laughs> they're not as creepy as you think. And, uh, I don't know. It was, it was like a really, that in itself was just kind of this, that me just saying that right now, I just had this like revelation that that was kind of this moment where a lot of things started, uh, I started seeing a lot of things differently, you know? Um, yeah. and, uh, a lot of this record is kind of about that, like seeing from a different perspective and, um, yeah, and so it was just kind of a different thing, and then I and then after I was there for a little while, um, it did start start getting a little bit old, <laughs> and so uh, you know driving forty minutes into town just to <laughs> just to get a taco at Taco Bell. I, I was um, Texas is not a was, small state. Thing, yeah, it was it was really it was really nice for a while, but a few months in, I was like, okay. Um, I gotta have some life, so I, <laughs> so I moved my studio into Denton, Texas, into the square of uh, this recording studio of the old, is uh, this band Midlake's old studio. Her friends of mine, and um, they had moved out of it, and there's you know tremendous, just phenomenal band, and um, so there's already some some good like ghosts and mojo on the walls, I suppose, and so I, uh, I made the majority of this this record there, um, including the songs Shatter. So, that just came out. It's actually really, really old in my mind, but uh, we just felt like it was a really good first song to lead fans into the rest of the record. And then, mm-hmm. uh, and then after that, uh, came back to Los Angeles and then made almost a whole other album. Jeez. <laughs> and, and it's sort of a mixture of uh, all that and just quite a lot of B sides at this point. And 
that were never intended to be B-sides, but uh, at some point when you have to decide what's, what's going on the vinyl and there's only so much space um, before you start making double and triple and quadruple albums and it becomes just uh, financially really silly to do, uh, <laughs> you just, you just land on like 13 songs. Yeah. <laughs> go, okay. I hope, th- I hope these are the ones, but, uh, <laughs> but inevitably whenever those other ones come out, we'll probably hear like, these should have been on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, that generally happens. But, um, the, the good news is, is I'll just keep, they'll all come out eventually and as will the next songs and the next ones and the next ones. So. Exactly. People are hungry for your yeah. music. So it's cool to see that you're going back on tour and you're playing a lot of dates too. Now, when you go on these big tours that you're, you're I'm sure you've been on much bigger tours that have lasted an entire year. Um, what are some of the like vices that you need? Are, are there certain things like you need this kind of Gouda cheese or you need this kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, tea or something like that when you're on the road? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's pretty simple. Um, I have like three things I need. Uh, first and foremost, I, I, emergency. I rock those all the time because <laughs> um, I go from pretty much ex- extreme isolation to lots of people and you know uh, yeah. germs and stuff <laughs> yeah you no, you're talking about the sh- so those like gotta, sugary packets that you that you get yeah so it's like a lot of vitamin c and then um after that uh well i guess i'd say four things coffee is just always it's mm-hmm. an always thing um Ooh, what kind of coffee do you and drink then, are you drinking some right now right i am yeah right now it's it's actually pretty uh i i think i think what I'm actually drinking is just standard black Pete's coffee, but like, um, but, uh, I like all kinds of coffee. Obviously you guys had some pretty nice start in Chicago intelligentsia, right? Wasn't that yeah. Chicago, I think? Yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And so that's, that's all out here and everything. But, uh, so yeah, I just, I'm a black coffee guy and then I like Amy's burritos. Uh, those are, those are a lot of times it's hard to eat on tour, at least for me. Um, and so I actually enjoy going on tour because um, in the studio is when I, it's, it's like when I actually eat a lot, um, cause that's sort of the release. And then on tours, I just, is when I, is when I get skinny again. So, um, <laughs> so um, it's a balance. But, uh, yeah. And so um, let's see, there's like Starbucks, uh, the Starbucks like little protein boxes are really nice. It's got like two eggs, and I, that's you know, it's getting a little TMI, but those are uh, that's kind of what I need, just in terms of uh, you know sustenance. Yeah. Um, in terms of good vibes, um, depends if we're you know sometimes we we go on bus tours, and then sometimes we we decide that we want to do like an RV tour, and um, just to just for you know, financial reasons and stuff. And, uh, so on those tours though, I guess the good thing is, is when we're actually driving, um, that's when, that's when you can actually listen to a lot of music. So I kind of go back and forth, whether I like the bus tours or whenever we're driving, getting hotels, just because you experience America in a much different way when, Mm -hmm. when you're behind the wheel. But, um, but it's also really nice to just be in a bus and, um, wake up and be there and the day is about the show instead of getting to the show. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. But. No, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Cause you know, you don't need a lot and it's, it's interesting to, to hear like what, you know, some artists need to get to make them happy because at the end of the day, you're making other people happy, uh, when you're playing for them at shows. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's really, that's really it. I mean, the show itself is the, is the fuel, um, and why, you know, I, I have to make music because I have to, and it's, yeah. it's just, it's something that I like to do, but, um, it's funny, the, the part in between making it and actually being on stage and, you know, that part in between of like getting all the things ready and in, in line is, that's the part that I think often can do bands in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, I live for that moment, just experiencing it with fan, like with with this community. Yeah, you, night it, after night. you've created an amazing community. I mean, your fans they they love what you do. They love your music. Since I mean, 
there's something about your songwriting that really touches a lot of people. Uh, now, looking back at all the shows you've had and all the people you've met and all the emergency you've taken, um, <laughs> what what is that one kind of fan moment that pops up into your head that kind of meant more than than most others? Is there a certain you know story that you have of meeting somebody that you know really affected you a little bit more than just the regular "I love your band"? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, music is, I learned pretty, pretty early that, that music is, is so much bigger than the people that are making it, um, and that we're just kind of the vessels for it. And Mm -hmm. so, um, it's actually, it sometimes it, it, it makes me like a little sick sometimes when somebody's like, you did this or you did, you know, like, I named, I named my kid after you or something like that makes wow. me feel very, uh, and even say I, I'm, it's, that's happened just a few times and it's always like, I don't know. It makes me just want to go like get in a corner and like cry or something. Cause I just feel like <laughs> sick, like almost like, or just kind of like, Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> that's a lot of weight to put on one person. Yeah. It, it's just like, this is like crazy. Like, but um you're like they better turn out really really well since they carry my name now uh, (laughs) don't put that on me i think i'm gonna no i think i'm i'm gonna fail you at some point but like (laughs) yeah i think uh i don't know i just i just think music is as cliche as it sounds it's it it can really be the friend that and i've said this before but like the friend that convinces you not to jump and like your darkest hour and not it doesn't even have to be the song that's about that or about like some really profound like emotional thing but just the the spirit within music is is so powerful that for those we're all just fortunate that that exists you know that um the the that exists and that those just the the actual chemical reactions that happen in the brain when when audio passes through is like it's such a miracle and um i don't know i just i just am always in awe that i get to be a part of it and so um but i but i always acknowledge that it's bigger than me but um yeah it's uh there's quite a lot of those stories after a lot of tours and meeting a lot of fans it's like a lot of there's definitely definitely a lot to draw from um as far as how music affects people and you know what you're just asking but yeah what a, but as far as a one as, as one kind of a thing i don't know if, if i could say there's one that's greater than another because even just just to thanks to the music man is like i know what that means you know i tell people that when i meet people like i'm still a fan um and like i know I, I know if I were to tell someone, Hey, thank you for the music. Like I know what that actually means to me. I know that it's because that song like actually just saved me a little bit, like on one day and maybe I didn't even acknowledge it, but I just know. And so I don't know. It's power, the power of music, man. Yeah. I, I, I tell you it's, there's something about it and it's just, it's so great because it speaks every language and it's just a beautiful thing that people can just you no matter who you are, you could be at a party and not know anybody in the room, but all of a sudden an Elton John song comes on and you're like, I love this right. song. This is my favorite song about him. And and right. all of a sudden you're tied to that person forever in a way. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> you know, uh, what about like when you were growing up and your, your mom and dad were around or your brother or sister, um, what is that first like record or album that they put on and you said, Wow you know, that is that chemical spark and made, made you want to kind of yeah. dive into music. Yeah. Well, I, um, I feel really blessed to be raised in the family that I was. And, um, and I, you know, I, I love, yeah, I love my parents and everything. Um, I was not raised at all in a musical family though. Um, I, I kind of come from like a, my dad, my dad used to always say, um, that God has a sense of humor because I'm his son. Um, I was sort of the, the, like the curveball, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I think, I don't know. I think it's been, it's good for all of us. You know what I mean? Like I learned, we all learn from each other, I suppose. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like it's the, the, the little bits of music that I did have in my life, um, 
my did my dad did like uh listening to like oldies mm-hmm. which at that time was like you know the beach boys and chuck berry it was just like the radio um and i remember mungo jerry i think was you know that one's like in the summertime <laughs> yes did that song like i remember hearing that song and like going what is that and i called the radio station <laughs> and i sang it to them because I, I called the oldies and i was like i don't know what this is this is like you know way before how things are now or i could probably sing that into my phone and it would tell me what it was but like then there wasn't even <laughs> this makes it sound old but like there wasn't even like the internet you know yeah. and so like it, so I called the station and, and asked them, like, what is this? And they told me. And I think that was probably the first, just kind of like, how is this? How, like, this is insane. That, that, <laughs> that like, rhythm, that chung, 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 Like, oh, my gosh. Gives me, I literally have goosebumps just saying that right now. It's like, because it's bringing me back to that. And then... Um, but I didn't really listen to much music outside of that. I mean, uh, there wasn't really a whole lot. That just kind of wasn't really a thing. And, um, I actually had to, I think it sort of scared my parents, believe it or not, when, when I really wanted to get into music because, um, the friends of mine that like, like I remember, uh, funny enough and, like, like I had to like plead with my, with my family to, to let me get a guitar. I was, I was actually in martial arts. That was like my life as a kid. Um, I would like travel around and like fight on the weekends. Funny enough, wow. I got my black belt when I was, yeah, I got my black belt when I was 12. And, um, I remember I was, there was going to be this thing where it was like a party, like a little, like you did it. Um, and like, what do you, what do you want? And I was like, I want a guitar. And, uh, and <laughs> and I, I got to preface all this thing. My parent, like my family, are so great. Like I love. I am. I'm so fortunate to have the oh, loving yeah. parents that I do. But like they were just not down to, for me to go that road. So I remember there was this box, and I opened it. Like there was a cake. Like you got your black belt. You did it. And it was like a little TV. And I remember just being like, "Awesome, thank you." But in my soul, I was like, "I wanted a guitar." Like mm-hmm. I. I've been doing this thing for like years, day after day. I had no life other than martial arts and, um, and which, which honestly I credit to like how, uh, I started so young. Cause there's like, they just taught you a lot about self-discipline and like work ethic and all that. But, um, mm-hmm. but anyway, so like, I think my, my, the report card came around that time and I had, and and I was like, okay, well, if I get like straight A's, can I get like a guitar? And, uh, so like, yeah. And so I got straight A's, which after, once I got the guitar, that all changed, but uh-huh. <laughs> so, your focus d- um, diverted a little bit. Yeah, huh? Everything, everything diverted, which I think <laughs> now I, I recognize, but they, uh, so my dad got me this, this $50 guitar from pawn shop. It was a Hondo and it, it was like a Fender Strat replica. And wow. Everything, everything changed after that. And, uh, I started, that, that's when I started hanging out with like, you know, all the kids, everybody like, you know, I started wearing like different clothes and like, you know, hanging out with skaters. And I think that was where the concern came from. Like I was going to go down those roads. Oh, of course. Do you remember what color that guitar was? And all that. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Do you remember what color that guitar was? Oh yeah. It's red. It's why I still have it. I would never get rid of it. Um, and it had this natural reverb in it because it was like hollow or something. And so I always thought that was crazy. Like I was playing this guitar, not even plugged in, but it was like echoing inside of it. Um, and, and that just kind of gave me the sense of like, Oh wow, this is what it sounds. This is like, this is what it would sound like to be bigger, you know, maybe on stage or something. And then, and then, yeah, I got really into Nirvana and, the pumpkins and like just the things that were happening essentially on like alternative rock radio at that time, you know, it wasn't, that was kind of as far as it went, but, uh, and then that led to getting a lot more into more indie kind of stuff. I got really into like pavement and 
that whole scene, Super Chunk, Archers of Love, Man. Spill, all that kind of stuff. And that was really the, that was really the like core of, of my, what I was doing. And then, um, so my first band that I started was, was all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, it's crazy. So, and then got into the cure and Radiohead and all that. And that was, that was like my high school experience pretty much. So, that, um, that's so great because you never really looked back after you got that guitar. And a lot of, a lot of people who get guitars when they're young, they kind of are against it or they, you know, you, you take piano lessons and you're like, my mom forced me to do this, but you had this innate passion to create, which was really, really awesome. Yeah, man. It's, it, yeah. I, I think maybe part of, part of, part of the whole like holding me back from it a little bit drove me. Mm. Um, I've actually never told this story and I, and I've always felt weird about it, but I feel like we're just in a conversation at this point. So I'm going to tell the story, but like, so at that point, um, I also started getting into drums. Uh, my friend had a drum kit. So it's kind of at the same time I'd go over. He was the person that showed me how to play a power chord. He was like, do this and you can literally play like half of the Nirvana songs. Like you can, you can play smells like teen spirit just by moving your fingers up and down the fretboard. Uh, and this is, and, and, and we would just go back and forth and, uh, where I was from in Texas, like at this point, I think I started playing in seventh grade, but, uh, where I was in Texas, uh, you couldn't join the band past seventh grade. Um, it was like sixth grade and seventh grade were the only times you could do it. And then it was a cutoff. And so, and so I didn't know that though. I was like in sports and stuff and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I realized, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I want to be a band. Like I want to be, you know, at that time I was like, Oh, like just trying to impress like the girls and stuff. And like, Oh, maybe band isn't cool or whatever. And I should play football, but I was like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the shortest kid in class. So like I played football and just was destroyed, you know, but like, <laughs> Hey, I've been there, man. For, I've been there. I did it for, <laughs> did it for the sake of just like being like a, you know, tried and true, like, I don't know, whatever. But like by the time, you know, late seventh grade, I was like, I don't, okay. Yeah. This is ridiculous. I'm not yeah. going to try to conform or do any of this. I want to do like, what I want. And so, so I went to the band, I went to the school and I said, I really want to be in band. And they said, they said, sorry, it's, it's just like, you can't do that. If we did that for you, we'd have to do that for everybody. And, um, I was like, this is like, I really feel like music is going to be like what I do. And, and they were like, well, we can't. So like at this point I, I was like getting my family on board and and they were like super down for that. Like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, school band. Of course. Yeah, do it. And so like I, we called and, and so I got like this little interview with the band director and, um, she was like, okay, well show. And so I, she showed me, she was like, do this, like play this, play that. Like just my hands on my, my knees and stuff, like trying to show that I had rhythm. And mm-hmm. she's like, okay, I can really sense that you have a passion for this. So, so what we're going to do is, um, we're going to, we're going to like let you in in eighth grade and uh, you'll be, but we're going to put you in the lowest band. There was three bands. There was honors band, symphonic band, and then concert band. And, and, and concert band, there wasn't that many people. And it was, um, it was just kind of like, you know, uh, it was just it was folks that didn't make the other two essentially. And so, uh, and so I was in there and, um, that was, I just would go home every day. Just like I was in, I was in percussion and I would just go home and just play the drums every day. And, um, I think it was like maybe two months in where we're all region and all state tryouts, which everybody had to do as mandatory, um, which was a little petrifying, um, that everyone else had had two years and I had had like two months. Yeah. And, um, and I went in and I tried out and I got, I was, I was number one and I feel like really kind of like lame telling the story. Cause I feel like it comes off. No, no. Really like, ha That's incredible. But like I'm just, I'm just telling the story just cause we're talking and like, I've never told this story in an interview. And it's like, this is kind of like my beginnings in music. And like, I, uh, so I got, I got number one, not only in the school, but in the entire region. So I went to all state and I was like, <laughs> 
in like first chair and I'd only been in band for two months and I didn't know how to like read half this music or anything. Um, I knew how to kind of read like rhythms though. And so I was just totally petrified that what had happened was, is I had heard people playing the, the marimba part, the xylophone part. Um, and I just watched them doing it and I just learned how to play it. And so I actually didn't really know how to read it. And so it was a little bit of like a, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of like didn't do it. I, I don't know, but they, mm. but I got first chair. It was the nuttiest thing. And so That's crazy. And so I, uh, yeah, I went to all state and I was in this band and, um, thank God. I remember just like, I remember just sweating, like praying that they weren't going to put me on xylophone and marimba where I had to actually like read how to do that. Cause <laughs> to this day, I don't really know how to do that, but, um, thank God. I think I played snare drum or something and that was a lot easier to, to get through. But, um, yeah, sorry, man. We're just, I'm just no. I love it. On. I love it because it's like it's like you don't want to be found out. Because oftentimes when people are in music or they're in you know the media or whatever your career is, it could be anything from a carpenter to you know a CEO. Um, oftentimes people think I don't want to be found out. You know, sometimes you just own who you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that that's yeah. Certainly faking it till you make it is a, is a real thing that is, uh, is a double-edged sword that, uh, yeah, that's be bad and good. <laughs> that's incredible that you had that kind of power, that like prowess, um, and that innate ability when you were so young, because a lot of people, t- it takes time to dive into that. And you were just instilled with this talent. I mean, whether, whether it comes from, there was probably, I think there was probably, a, an element of, Okay, I'm this like, I mean, we're this is like Chicago we're talking about, but like, and I'm sure it was kind of similar, um, you know. But like Dallas, Fort Worth, in that era was just like football is king. Like, oh yeah, like your shirt in, like all that stuff, and like, I just I was this small, art artsy kid that like didn't really play football and stuff. So I think for me it was almost this in addition to just being in love with it, it was, it was almost like a survival mode of sorts for like mm-hmm. a, like a 12 year old, 13 year old kid. Like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to like survive this whole, this whole thing that is the, the daunting experience of being young and, in middle school and in high school. And stuff, you wow, know? you know that's so, you're so right because it was such like a football head. You know, I grew up in a very very small farming town, so my my town was almost yeah. the same way. You know, football was and sports were very important. And you're thinking, how do I separate myself? Because I know I'm talented in, in one way or another. I got to just figure out what that small thing is, and then the fact that you were able to use all your energy almost and every bone in your body to create that great musical sound is just a beautiful, beautiful story. I mean, that's incredible. Oh, thanks, man. It's, it's weird to hear you say it like that. It makes me like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't come that's from awesome. nowhere. I can tell you that for a fact. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, um, that's so awesome, so you're coming to Chicago October 5th, where we always love Is having October you. October 5th? I feel like somebody's, I feel like I heard it's October 9th, but I don't know. I'm, lo- make sure that in, I'm looking at, uh, I'm seeing on the fifth on your poster, but um, it might okay, it might have changed. I'm sorry. Edit that part out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> October 5th. Playing, uh, the, yeah. And rewind, Chop Shop, October 5th in Chicago. <laughs> You're playing a lot of great places here. This is pretty awesome. It's a heavy tour. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. We've played, we've played so many shows in Chicago, and Chicago is like really truly one of the it's definitely i mean i think this is pretty standard across the board but i'd say it's top five for probably most artists you know that um just in general um and uh i love i can't wait to play there and we've never played this venue um i feel like we've played we've played the biggest places to the smallest tiniest places and um this is like this is uh, yeah this is a new one so it's at that point where it's like when we have those meetings about where we're playing, it's like, how do we change this up for mm-hmm. fans, you know, so that we don't play the same places all the time. In some cities you don't have that luxury. Like in Salt Lake city, for example, I've played the same venue 
I mean, I don't even know how many times, like probably 20 something times the same stage, everything. And it's, it's like always the same. (laughs) And so, um, so I don't know. I think it's kind of nice to switch things up. So I've never, I've never been to this place, so it'll be cool. Yeah. It's in a great part of town. The chop shop is a great intimate venue and you're going to be able to see a lot of great, uh, fans in the front row and, and just people, people singing your, your songs. I mean, are we going to see some of the old songs on this tour? Are you going to focus more on the newer, newer stuff? No, I mean, I think, I think it's generally, um, if, if people have come to our shows at this point now for a while, it's, uh, they know that we generally play like up to like two hours or more sometimes. And so, um, there's a lot of records and I'm definitely one of the, as much as, as much as I personally sometimes have a hard time relating to some stuff that happened a long time ago. Uh, I don't, I don't just like neglect the fact that that might be why someone got into what I'm doing or, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, if I went to go see The Cure and they just only played the new record, I'd probably be pretty <laughs> bummed. So, um, yeah. not like relating myself to them and like the amazingness that they are and what they've done. I'm just saying like, uh, I don't know. So, so I take all that into consideration and we, um, we also have fans that, that, that travel to a bunch of the shows. Um, and so now we're just trying to have as many in the back pocket that we can kind of switch it up to. So it's not just the exact same set every night. Sometimes, yeah, get old, especially for fans that come to a bunch of shows. And so, um, so, you know, with the new album, there's just a handful of more songs now to throw in there. And, um, you know, hopefully of course, uh, people will feel strongly about, uh, wanting to hear those songs, but, um, we'll also of course be playing all the, all the classics, uh, if you all will. the hits and maybe, and yeah. And maybe some of the, for me, I'm kind of wanting to even pull out some more obscure ones that that are older as well, just because I don't know. It kind of gets kind of gets a little redundant after a while. Just like, and here's do yeah. you feel, you know, like <laughs> why not? Like here's the songs on a business plan. Off of do you feel, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's a delicate, it's a delicate craft there, um, especially on a long show. Keeping yeah. everybody pumped. So, are you going to play any covers? I don't know. I don't know. I've, uh, I haven't thought about that yet. We're, um, you know, I haven't, I actually haven't gotten like fully, fully into what the show is going to be yet. And so, um, it's not for a few months. So I'm starting to kind of wrap my head around new ideas and light show and that whole thing to just kind of make it all a little bit different. So, it's all up in the air. Could anything could happen? I yeah. suppose. I think some of your Chicago fans would go pretty crazy if you played some pavement covers. <laughs> A pavement cover? <laughs> oh wow. yeah. Wow. That'd be yeah. Embassy Row or Gold Sound. Oh come on. That'd be amazing. But um, I don't know. I see. It's funny. Sometimes I think what I listen to. I don't know if I'd be surprised how many people were. Knew, knew about those songs, but maybe they would. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good idea. It's a good challenge. I think I think we could make a pretty... I think Gold Sounds is kind of like a... That's a pretty... That's a pretty epic banger. Um, actually, I think we covered... Yeah, I covered probably Stereo, you know, in high school. So things bright in the corners, that record. But oh, anyway. One of, one of my like, favorite I, I'm like... Yeah, love Pavement. I well, heard they're coming back, actually. They're, yeah. they're like reuniting... They are like we're at the best time in our lives because all these bands are doing their ten and fifteen year reunion shows and they're just they're coming yeah. back and you're like oh thank God I thought you guys were going to be away forever yeah it's very cool yeah. so I won't keep you for too the long the difference for me is I just I just don't go away <laughs> <laughs> you're you're like go you're going to be like the Keith Richards where you're just going to be around touring <laughs> till the end of time I hope so I yeah, love it probably I hope so. I love that, Not at man. that level. Hopefully, 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 at that level of luxury, someday <laughs> no, I'll probably be just in the van. I'll probably be like, yeah, it's tried and true. But in the good. in the in the van, come on, man, you're you're gonna <laughs> um, down so, by the river. 
so I won't keep you for too long. This has been one of my favorite conversations, I think, ever on this show. And I truly, wow. truly appreciate it, especially since, you know, like I said, your your music means a lot to a lot of people. I know that I listen to it. Maybe uh, I probably do you feel I probably listened to maybe a hundred times when I was when I was going to school and walking to to class and everything. So it's it's a total wow. honor to speak to you. Um, you do yeah, have you too. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. So you, you have so much talent and you do, you write so much and you have this innate ability to just connect with people. Do you ever think what you would do with if you just woke up one day and didn't have that talent? I mean, if you just, uh, yeah. It's something with, yeah, just something with dogs, I think. It's probably, <laughs> it's probably just a no, no questions asked. Yeah. Something with dogs. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> what kind, what's your favorite kind of dog? Oh, I like all kinds of dogs. Aww. Oh my gosh. Dogs are sort of, uh, I don't know what it is, man. Like, especially out, I'm in, I'm in LA right now. And like, on, you know, you go on hikes and like, I don't know, everybody has a dog. And so it's like as many little grazes and like little pets as I can get. It's like, it's like Mario going through and like eating the, the posi mushrooms or whatever, whatever he did to like get stronger. You know, I feel like it's, <laughs> I feel like that that's that's what 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 dogs are. So, yeah. <laughs> you just no, hear the little dogs. coin noise as you just walk past pugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. That is Bryce Avery. He is coming to Chicago October fifth. Um his new album amazing amazing sounds it's called sweet shivers check out that new single shatter us you can find it on his site. Um is there anything else you want to tell your fans before you come back here to Chicago Bryce? Probably not, because as you can tell, I'll just talk for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I look forward to seeing you. Yes, I, I really look forward to seeing you as well. And when you get back here, we'd love to have you in studio or something, because this is a great conversation. I feel like, I feel like we became instant friends, and we could probably talk for another six or seven hours. We probably could. We definitely <laughs> could. So, uh, yeah, so maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that when we roll through uh, Chop Shop. I love it. I love it. That's Bryce Avery from The Rocket Summer, the legendary group. Thanks again for joining us here on Sound Sessions, Bryce. Thanks, man. Can't get enough of Sound Sessions? Like our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter at SoundSeshPod. And check us out on Instagram at SoundSessionsWGN.